بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين الحمد لله thank Allah سبحانه وتعالى for all of his blessings we thank Allah سبحانه وتعالى for gifting us and bestowing upon us tawfiq to come and make fajr in jama'ah this is a blessing the value of which we can't appreciate or comprehend in this world though we feel the benefits in our own life a person who prays fajr like this in jama'ah they have so much barakah in their day it's tangible you actually can tell the difference in your day because you start your day with the commandments of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with dua with beseeching Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his assistance and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala showers his blessings upon you in this day I wanted to pick up a little bit on a topic from yesterday but also tie it to current events and then I'll come back to last night's topic in this way and one of the questions that was recurring yesterday with respect to the topic of inheritance and that comes to the mind of many many people when you look at what's happening in Palestine and in general in times of difficulty and calamity and adversity is people ask why and I don't understand the wisdom of a particular incident in that's occurring something that comes to mind it's like this question is presented in different ways so sometimes people will say uh, it's presented uh, sort of theologically as like the problem of evil in philosophy it's like why do bad things happen to good people right if I read my du'as in the morning, then there's this assumption that then nothing bad will happen because all protection is promised. But then what happens if something happens? Or why are our brothers and sisters in Palestine, despite all of the du'as in the predicament that they're in? And so this question comes into people's mind and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala addresses this very beautifully in the story that we read every week in Surah Al-Kahf. And this is the third of the four stories in Surah Al-Kahf. The third of the four stories in Surah Al-Kahf is the story of Musa salam and Al-Khidr. And in this story, as you know, it's full of wisdoms and lessons for us. And the first point of this story is a point of the importance of seeking of knowledge. And alhamdulillah, we're sitting in an institution where that takes place and that we should all be people who take advantage of that. Musa alayhi salam, when he learned that there was somebody more knowledgeable than him, he immediately said, I want to go out and seek and learn from him. He didn't just say, okay, it's good to know. I'm going to stay here. I'm a prophet of Allah. I'm kalimullah. I'm ulul azmi min al-rusul. But he said, I want to go out and benefit. And he had to go out and seek knowledge from Al-Khidr. And so he travels out with Yusha bin Nun. And they travel to meet Al-Khidr. And 
Musa and Al uh, Musa, when they meet Al Khidr, I'm skipping parts of the story, of course. Uh, he asks him that he would like to, he asks for permission to benefit from Al Khidr. And the ulama mentioned that Musa, السلام, of course, he's the Prophet of Allah, he's speaking directly to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given Al-Khidr certain knowledge that he had not given to Musa alayhi salam. And this is the case in the world today in every situation. There's always going to be somebody who knows more than you. Always. And <clears throat> one should never become arrogant with the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them. So he asks for permission and Al-Khidr tells him that you're not going to be able to be patient with the, with the things that you are going to see. And he says, if you're going to follow me, فَلَا تَسْأَلْنِي عَنْ شَيْءٍ You have a rule. You can't ask me any questions. The rule is, you can't ask any questions. This is a teacher setting the rules. Now today we would be like, who's this guy telling me I can't ask questions? Right? But he says, if you're going to follow me, you've got to follow my rules. So they leave, they travel, they begin this journey. And this is a miraculous journey, subhanAllah. حَتَّى إِذَا رَكِبَ فِي السَّفِينَةِ خَرَقَهَا قَالَ أَخَرَقْتَهَا لِتُغْرِقَ أَهْلَهَا لَقَدْ جِئْتَ شَيْئًا إِمْرًا So they come to some fishermen, some people, some poor people, they own a ship, and it's mentioned that the, the people of the ship, they recognized Al-Khidr. And they offered him a favor of riding across the water for free. Because they recognized who he was. So now imagine this scene that there are, if you think of it in kind of like a modern context, let's say you call an Uber and the Uber driver comes and he recognizes you and he says, bye brother, akhi, this one's on me. Don't even worry about it. You can turn your app off. I'm going to drop you for free. This is for me. So he takes you to your destination, takes you to the airport, whatever you're going. And then at the end, you get out and you slash his tires or you break his window. <laughs> like, what? The person's going to say, what is this? This is crazy. I did you a favor. Any observers, a rational person who's looking, they're going to say, he did you a favor. And in return, what did you do? You damaged his car. <laughs> he breaks part of the ship. A plank of the ship or something. So Musa alayhi salam, he naturally, he just blurts out. He says, Why would you do that? You are breaking it. The people on the ship who are going to be there, they might drown. This is something bad. And so, think about this. That if you were a participant, if you were an observer, this is something that on the surface it looks to be very bad it looks to be very bad 
What kind of gratitude is Al-Khidr demonstrating? Forget about gratitude, even just damaging somebody's car, period, even if he didn't do you a favor. But in this case, on top of that, he did a favor. And then in return, he gets not a thank you or a hug or anything like that, but a broken part of his vehicle, his ship, or in, if we were thinking about this, like some you know, damage to the car. He said, didn't I tell you you weren't going to be patient? You weren't going to be able to do this. He said, I'm sorry, I forgot. I forgot. Don't hold me accountable. I forgot about the agreement that we had. This continues their journey and they come across a young boy. Imagine there are some boys playing. And Al-Khidr kills the boy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us and protect our families, our children, all of the children of Palestine. The most difficult thing a parent could endure is to lose a child. Really unimaginable sorrow and difficulty. And now Musa salam sees that they're passing by some children and Al-Khidr kills the child. An innocent child. Do you kill this innocent child? Now here Musa salam doesn't forget. He says that you have done something really bad. And this time he's not saying it out of forgetfulness, but he's saying it because he's observed something in the first case that was a potential damage to others. When he damaged the ship, it wasn't like the ship sunk. He said maybe people in the future that will be riding the ship, they might get injured and sink. But in this case, in front of him, he saw that crime on its surface that was being committed. Anybody who looks at the situation objectively is going to say, this is wrong. That there is a child and he's killed. Zakiyatan, right? This innocent child. The child, the belief is that the children are pure. Now, Al-Khidr responds more uh, assertively as well and aggressively. Didn't I tell you that you aren't going to be able to be patient? The first time it was. This time. So Musa السلام, then says. Alright, if I ask one more question, then we can separate. You can leave me if I ask another question. The Prophet وسلم, he mentions that may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy on us and on Musa السلام, that if only he, more or less the meaning, if he hadn't made like a condition that perhaps we could have seen more ajaib, more amazing, wondrous things in this journey. So they continue. 
فأبوا أن يضيفوهما فوجدا فيها جدارا يريد أن ينقض فأقامه قال لو شئت لاتخذت عليه أجرا Now Musa and Al-Khidr are travelers and they come upon a town and they go to the people of the town and they ask them for food They're travelers they don't have much with them and they go to the people and they ask them for some food فأبوا أن يضيفوهما and they reject them Subhanallah Feeding people Is the most basic of human traits Cross religion, cross culture, cross anything Just the decency of human beings Cross religion, anything Is that you share food And that when you see someone who is hungry You feed them like anywhere in the world. And the worst of qualities is stinginess, or among the worst of qualities is stinginess. And subhanAllah, again, when you see like the condition of our brothers and sisters in Philistine, intentional starvation is one of the most unhuman qualities that one could imagine. To intentionally attempt to starve people to death. Like it's really hard to fathom and comprehend that even in places where there is starvation, it's not by intent and by design of people that someone is intentionally trying to starve someone to death. Like this is so inhuman of a trait. And the Quran describes that they went to ask them for food and This is something supposed to be so like beyond our comparison like if somebody asks you for food you see someone who's starving like no decent person would ever reject them much less try to actively starve them to death so these were the the people these people they were so stingy that they wouldn't give them food and so Musa and Al-Khidr are imagine travelers and they're hungry and they see people who don't give them food فَوَجَدَا فِيهَا جِدَارًا يُرِيدُ أَنْ يَنْقَضَّ فَأَقَامَ And they come by a wall and the wall is like falling in kind of disarray and Al-Khidr rebuilds the wall. قَالَ لَوْ شِئْتَ لَتَّخَذْتَ عَلَيْهِ أَجْرًا So he says to him, maybe you can take some money, you could have charged them. You did work, you could have charged them something to fix the wall. Now remember, they're hungry too. So part of charging is what? We can make some money so we can go buy some food. Right? So not only were they stingy, but you did them a favor. Now what did he remember? The person who did them a favor, the people of the ship, what did he do to them? He broke their boat. The people, the innocent child, he killed him. And the person now who's doing something bad to them, he's doing something good to them. So everything is opposite of the intellect. Somebody's going to rationalize this picture. Each of the three things is contrary to the way that one would assume should flow. Al-Khidr was a very strict teacher. He set the rules in the beginning and he stuck by his rules. This is the end of our journey. These were the rules, this was the promise, 
قال هذا فراق بيني وبينك سأنبئك بتأويل ما لم تستطع عليه صبرا But before we depart I'm going to explain to you the three things the explanation of these affairs This is really amazing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to read this surah every Friday You're supposed to read the surah every Friday It's for a reason Like when we read it, we get the reward. But that's one part of it. If we contemplate upon it, then the, the benefits are so much more. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Do they not ponder over the meanings of the Qur'an? So he says to him, <clears throat> he says to him uh, that I will explain to you the meaning where were we فيها جدار يريد ان قد فقام قال قال هذا فراق بيني وبينك سانبئك بتاويل ما لم تستطع عليه صبرا اما السفينه فكانت لمساكين يعملون في البحر فاردت ان اعيبها وكان وراءهم ملك ياخذ كل سفينه غصبا he says as for the boat he's going in order As for the ship, it belonged to two poor people. They were poor people and they owned this ship and a tyrant king was coming in the future and he was going to take every ship that was in good condition. He was going to take every ship that was in good condition. فَأَرَدْتُ أَنْ أَعِيبَهَا وَكَانَ وَرَاءَهُمْ مَلِكٌ يَأْخُذُ كُلَّ سَفِينَةٍ غَصْبًا أي سفينة سالما Right? This king was going to come and take every good ship. So I wanted to damage the ship such that they would be able to keep the ship and make minor repairs to the ship and then they would be able to continue and maintain a lifestyle. But if, if they had taken the ship, if the ship was in good condition, then the king would have taken the ship and the poor people, they would have not been able to make any livelihood. This was the first of the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given to Al-Khidr, this knowledge, to do this. SubhanAllah, you know, it's important for us to think about this in context. You know, you go, let's say you're about to drive out of here, you see that you have a flat tire. You say, how can that happen? I went to Fajr. I sat in Dhikr. I sat in Team Fajr. And then I got a flat tire. How is that? How is that fair? But maybe that flat tire is the thing that prevented you from getting into an accident on the way home. Right? Our lens is very limited. That flat tire was the safety for what was to come that would have been worse. Right? It was supposed to be that you were going to get into an accident. But because of this, that flat tire actually saved you from it. But we can't see. Let's see, our lens is limited. I don't know what's behind this wall. Right? And similarly, I don't know what is to come. So Al-Khidr is teaching Musa and teaching all of us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching all of us, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's plan is perfect. We just don't know it. We don't even have to understand it. 
واما الغلام فكان ابواه مؤمنين فخشينا ان يرهقهما طغيانا وكفرا فاردنا ان يبدلهما ربهما خيرا منه زكاه واقرب رحما as for the boy again this is from the knowledge that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given to al-khidr this was not something that a person can do unilaterally on their own a person can't say well i think this kid's going to be bad but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had given divine knowledge to al-khidr some of the mufassirun say that he is a prophet and others say that he was not a prophet but that he had knowledge from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the ones that say that he is a prophet say because of things like this that he was given this knowledge that was not given to anybody else but prophets in any event he says that this child he had righteous parents and he was going to grow up to be a tyrant and he was going to be a tyrant and he was going to be bad to his parents and we intended to replace him with someone better so the loss of a child is unbearable for a parent but what would have been worse is if that same child had grown up and caused so much taklif and so much harm to his parents and what would have been worse is if that child had rejected Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and had not been a believer, that child would have been in eternity for hellfire. But it was divined and it was decreed such that that child would be killed when the child was innocent, such that the child would go to paradise forever and that the parents would be saved from his harm and that the parents, if patient, would also then go to Jannah because they're patient at the loss of their child. So imagine that unimaginable sadness of losing a child was leading to eternal happiness, both eventually in this dunya after the grief period wanes off, and then in this dunya with a better child that Allah was going to replace him with, and in the hereafter. فَأَرَدْنَا أَن يُبْدِلَهُمَا رَبُّهُمَا خَيْرًا مِنْهُ زَكَاةً وَأَقْرَبَ رُحْمًا وَأَمَّا الْجِدَارُ فَكَانَ لِغُلَامَيْنِ يَتِيمَيْنِ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ وَكَانَ تَحْتَهُ كَنْزٌ لَهُمَا وَكَانَ أَبُوهُمَا صَالِحًا فَأَرَادَ رَبُّكَ أَنْ يَبْلُغَا أَشُدَّهُمَا وَيَسْتَخْرِجَا كَنْزَهُمَا رَحْمَةً مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَمَا فَعَلْتُهُ عَنْ أَمْرِي ذَلِكَ تَأْوِيلُ مَا لَمْ تَسْطَعْ عَلَيْهِ صَبْرًا Now we come to the final of the three events. He says, وَأَمَّا الْجِدَارِ As for the wall, فَكَانَ لِغُلَامَيْنِ يَتِيمَيْنِ فِي الْمَدِينَةِ It belonged to two orphans. Two orphans in the city. What city? City of? Stingy people. City of? People that didn't feed their guest. Something so bad, they, a guest comes, and it's so intrinsic as I said, in human decency. Human decency. A believer should be so much higher. But just human decency, that these stingy people, they wouldn't even feed their guest. Underneath this wall was what? وَكَانَ تَحْتَهُ كَنْزٌ لَهُمَا Was a treasure that their father had buried 
Their father, this is fascinating. You can extract from this that the father had done some level of estate planning. What was his estate plan? He did what? He buried the, the treasure. The father, he must have known that, you know, his time was coming. And so his, his estate plan was what? To bury the treasure down below because he knew the people of his city. They would steal it. If they knew about it, they're so greedy. If they learned that there is wealth that belongs to these two orphans, what is the ability of an orphan to defend their right? Very limited. When we look at the ayat of inheritance, they come in Surah Nisa. Right? The first page is about orphans and their rights. And it's in the chapter of women. Right? Generally two classes that would not be able to fight for their rights. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making them super clear in the Quran. And these orphans in particular, they're in a city where the people are so stingy, so greedy, so un their character is so bad, they have no akhlaq, that if they learn about this wealth, they will take it. And their father was a righteous man. This is very important. We talked about this yesterday. There's two parts to this discussion of inheritance and estate planning. One is the legal. The other is the tarbiyah side. Right? The, the connection with Allah side. And it's mentioned in the tafsir actually that this was not the father, but a great-grandfather seven generations up that was righteous, that was making dua for his generations to come. This is thinking about the future. Not just dua for myself, not just dua for our children, but he was making dua وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِي right? وَمِن ذُرِّيَّتِي Not just for my children, but for my progeny to come. Like Ibrahim salam's dua is for generations and generations and generations. So he made dua for protection. He was righteous. And your Lord intended that once these orphans get older, that they will then be able to extract their inheritance and their that treasure and benefit from it when they are old enough to do so. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent Musa and Al-Khidr, imagine, from where to where to protect the rights of the orphans because the father was righteous. This is an understanding of the, this is an, an illustration of the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the value of that tawakkul. So many of the questions when it comes to inheritance are, if I do it this way, who's going to take care of my daughter? If I do it this way, what's going to happen to so-and-so? I think I have a better plan. I think X, Y, Z. So many people say, you know, the rules are fine, but, but there's always a, you know, I, I have to do something different. I want to account for this, this child, I don't like this one, I don't want to do this one. There's so many different things. Everybody has their own kind of plan for things. But the rules are clear. Whether you understand the wisdom 
or you don't understand the wisdom. It's about submission and having tawakkul. It's about making the plan, just like the father who buried the treasure. It's very, what's very important is he didn't leave his tawakkul at, Allah will take care of my kids. No, he took actions and steps. His steps, he knew the people were not going to be good. He knew that the society wasn't good. And so he made extra efforts to protect his wealth so that the children could be protected. After making the steps, then it's tawakkul. Then it's, you know, reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imagine Allah sends a prophet, potentially two prophets. If Yusha'a bin Nun is still following them, then potentially three to take care and rebuild this wall. So Al-Khidr says, رَحْمَةً مِّن رَبِّكَ This is a mercy from your Lord. وَمَا فَعَلْتُهُ عَنْ أُمْرِي I didn't do these things. This wasn't me just making it up. This was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's divine inspiration. So from this we learn that the wisdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is perfect. We just don't see it or understand it in the moment. There will be circumstances, there will be events, there will be difficulties, there will be tribulations, there will be times when on the surface the situation looks like it doesn't make sense. When it looks like it's so difficult to watch when we see our brothers and sisters, innocent brothers and sisters, children being killed, it's very, very, very difficult to watch. And say as someone, you know, Muslim, non-Muslim, everyone says, how much time, how much power is given to this group and how little is given to this group. And even at the time of the Prophet wasallam, the Sahaba, right? Sometimes they would come to the Prophet and say, aren't we on the truth? Isn't the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala coming? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's help is promised. The timing is on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's schedule, not on our schedule. And even if in this world one doesn't see the victory, but if one is given Jannah in return, then that's eternity. That's eternity. That's, e- that's forever versus the pain and difficulty that one endures in this world. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to submit to his will and may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the ability to accept all of the situations that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us in and see the goodness in them and be grateful to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all of his blessings and give us the ability to be patient in all of the difficulties, adversities, calamities. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant mercy to our brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replace their sadness with happiness. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala replace their difficulty with ease. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them shifa. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them, accept their shuhada. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala enable us to be of assistance to them and to be assistance to one another. وَآخِرُ دَعْوَانَا أَنِ الْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ There were a lot of questions yesterday. A lot of them had to do with the wise. And this is part of why I brought this story. There's a lot of questions were about why this, why this, how this, why this, Right? 
which is fine. Uh, understanding the why is fine. Is asking about the why is okay. Uh, but ultimately, the why is because Allah said so. Right? There's definitely wisdoms that can be extracted from the rules. Right? Islam is a very practical religion. Uh, and so there are reasons for the rules that benefit society at a whole. But ultimately, ultimately, the why is because Allah said so. Right? And if a person has a unique situation, then they can consult with scholars, they consult with muftis, they can consult with experts, with lawyers, with muftis, and they can design a plan that makes care of the child who is in need or there was questions about what if I adopted someone. SubhanAllah, there's a lot of room, right, for answering these questions. You just have to ask the questions to the right people and uh, you can utilize the wasiya share for adopted children, for stepchildren, for children, for relatives who are not Muslim, for helping other people. There is all, all of this and there is a lot of opportunity to do this thing in your life. Right? A lot of these questions were about, you know, how do I make sure that such and such relative is protected? You do so in your lifetime. Make sure that they are protected. Absolutely. Utilize the means and the time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given one to make sure that all of these things are done in your lifetime uh, so that everyone is protected. Just like the father did. He did his part to protect. We should also do our part to protect our children. We live in a society where it's not guaranteed that, you know, uh, a, a widow or a daughter is going to have the support structures that existed in traditional Islamic societies or that still exist around the world where things are tighter and people live next to each other, right? So you've got to make sure that these things are accounted for and taken care of. Uh, but at the same time, upon death, then the rules become unambiguous and uh, without any... Uh, without any... Uh, opportunity then to change those rules because they come directly from the Quran. So we'll stop here inshallah and the food is ready? Inshallah. So the timing is right. He told me 7.15 so it's 7.16 so we'll stop here. Subhanakallah. Wa bihamdik nashadu wa la ilaha ila anta nastaghfiruka wa natubu ilaik. Jazakumullah khairan.